Welcome to episode 120 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording June the 13th, 2021. My name is Eric, I'm host of the show based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. As a first responder, witnessed an over-reliance on, a, on emergency services during major events and started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. My name is Ian. I live on Vancouver Island, according to my co-hosts. I'm a student preparedness, target shooter, and my farm is designated mediocre handyman. And by the way, unlike most of the people in BC, I would not want to go camping with Justin Trudeau, which I don't are know if you guys read that article or not. But Are you sure? Well, do I have to bring him back? Nope, I don't think it's said in the article. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that article where about 71% of BC males would love to go camping with Justin Trudeau. I'm like, what? Might be why you live in Vancouver now. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Anywho, anyway. I'm Alan. I'm a safety <laughs> trainer, first responder, security expert, and overall safety nerd. I'm Scott, the frazzled new dad, paramedic, splitting my time between southern and northern Ontario. I like learning things, and I don't accept that things will always carry on as they have, simply because I want them to. And my name is Jeff. I'm based in Central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, soon-to-be ham radio operator, and general overall handyman. You still haven't written the exam, huh? No, I'm I'm getting there. Yeah, you've been saying that a while now. Well, I got, got a year. He's got a year. I got a year according he, to uh, what uh, Alan said. So. From from when from when he declared it publicly, he has a year. Okay. That's that's the standard right. that I set, and I'm willing to stand by it. All right. Okay. <laughs> fine. So if you want to help support the show, keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, you can buy some swag. We've got both the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and the Tactical Velcro patch. You can purchase those at prepperpodcast.ca. All the proceeds help keep lights on and the back of generator fueled. All right, if you enjoyed the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good or bad, or if there's just a topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some uh, long-term content for you in this episode. We're going to start off with some preparedness-related news. Next, we'll let you know what we've done for our preparedness since the last episode, and we're going to get into the main topic, planning out the year-plus emergency. So let's move into the news. A uh, quick note from some European soccer thing. Um, a Danish play, uh, player collapsed on the field and rather quick medical care was accredited with his safety, which uh, allegedly CPR was performed. Uh, now it's been completely unconfirmed. I will note that carbon monoxide was not a suspect in this case, but it's a reminder to be well prepared uh, to jump in because emergencies will happen no matter what. Um, another phenomenal uh, photo op from the uh, G7 summit that's currently happening in England. We can't travel to the bar, but they can travel across the world. Um, there's a I put in a, a link to um, a photo gallery, and if you will all direct your attention to picture 15, you will see that the picture immediately preceding the the family shot where everyone's posed and distanced is everyone kind of huddled together with their masks and just having a great old time. So um, I think it's um, it's reasonable to say that we the people no longer have a voice and uh anyways take with that what you will well and if a 93 year old queen wasn't worried about you know huddling with all those people from various countries i guess you really don't have to worry at all you know this yeah. is this is what i'm saying it's uh <laughs> I, it's I mean it, yeah it's it certainly raises some questions 
I actually did giggle with the fact that uh, Christia Freeland was busted, even by Canadian media, for being maskless. Then for the photo op, she put on a mask, and she was the only one in the entire group wearing a mask, and then she took it off yeah. again. So, And then she took it off immediately after where the cameras were still there for some reason. Yeah. Um, again, we'll go with anywho. And then finally, I put in a link to a... Um, uh, to an event in Texas where a a bunch of people were shot, um, and a, a tip of the hat to Austin police with their T triple C skills and uh, IFACs that were credited for saving lives in a hot environment. They used some wound packing skills, they used some tourniquet skills, and they did all the things right to stop the killing, then stop the dying. They get a name for this guy yet, or? Uh face or anything or like uh no i i haven't i haven't yet it looks like it was just kind of a general shot of like four or five officers around a a wounded person that were they were taking care of them and then um they got one of them and they're still looking for another shooter fun games yep all right as for myself uh i guess federal police uh turns out they once again did a no-no um of course it's there's there's two sides to every story but basically the Reuters story comes out and says that the police, RCMP, uh, were using facial recognition software and technically invading people's privacy on publicly shared photos. I don't know. Like, but I'm just saying it was very interesting, the fact that, A, you know, if you, you should have no expectation of privacy, I think, like Alan said, uh, pre-show. But also the fact is you got to be careful what you throw out there, too, because anything you go in the internet is there forever. Yep, and ever, sure is. And ever. And, and ever. ever. <laughs> and yeah, I just I guess people think they can get away with a lot more than they used to because you know like same thing with the Vancouver Riders back in the day, right? I think it was the early days of facial recognition and stuff where they're trying with it. But yeah, you do anything silly and you decide to videotape it for posterity, you're basically asking for trouble. Yep. So anyway, uh, other than that, the I think earlier last week, I think just after the last show, we talked about the uh, guys that hacked the pipeline. They had. Uh, mm-hmm basically had all of their or part of their ransom seized by the federal authorities down the states because a they left their uh bitcoin was it the not the password what do they call it eric the wallet uh their wallet or their um oh now i'm gonna draw a blank on it uh, their their access key essentially yeah. their, their, pri- their private key there we go somehow or another these russian hackers left their access key on a california-based server and oops. uh and oops and then they left their <laughs> password available for them to seize so either a the FBI is full of crap and they didn't seize it. They just want to make people feel better about paying a ransom saying they got it back or B crypto isn't as secure as they say, or C we have really dumb criminals. <laughs> or D it was, it, it was, it was an inside job and yeah. none of that is actually, none of it actually happened. The, uh, um, I, I take what you will from, take what you will from this, from this experience, but I get the very distinct feeling that um, there was some, uh, there was some black bag work going on there. Yeah, some shenanigans Te- for technically, sure. Technically speaking, if we knew the wallet that the bad guys had, you can track that that amount of money was taken out. It's all publicly available, ledger-wise. So I'm sure yeah. some internet sleuths out there somewhere are going to do that. It's, I, but it's a question of who the bad guys really were. That too. That's yeah. that's what I'm that's what I'm questioning. And I, I find I'm really starting to sound like Gavin, aren't I? Well, I just find it hard yeah. to believe that the guys that were you know smart enough to hack this this pipeline were dumb enough to have like the equivalent of one, two, three, four on a local server in the states. Uh, available for the authorities to grab a hold of, so or leaving a sticky note in the laptop or whatever, you know, like it's yeah. something stinks for sure. So or they were using that encrypted uh, chat software, chat program that the FBI actually put out there for them that's, to use. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, seems yeah. legit. Yeah, well, let's call it an on. 
Everybody yeah. can use it because it's anonymous. <laughs> no, it's not. So <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good trick. I thought that just, was well done. Just like the never-ending story. What a load of crap that movie was, eh? It ended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, boy. I mean, it's like when they had all those wanted criminals that they're like, you want tickets to a Super Bowl party? Come yeah. through this door. Yeah, come on your handcuffs. Yeah, yeah, we're going to need to know your first and last name and address in order to pick up your ticket. Oh, Step right up, boy. come see the amazing egress. Every just five friends walk right through the store. Everyone come see the amazing egress. Yeah. Oh man. So, so I've got a, a news article here from Australia, and it just kind of caught my eye because the uh, the headline is Perth Doomsday Prepper arrested with small arsenal of guns and ammo in a suburban back shed. So I just, I found it interesting. A, if you read the article, well, I don't know yeah. if that's, uh, yeah, I don't think that's really a, a small arsenal. arsenal. Sure. Small, yeah. small as the emphasis there. Yeah. And, and just the fact that they use doomsday prepper and they're starting to kind of write towards preppers and news articles in a more negative fashion. Yeah. Hmm. Well, he had a reloading die and spent brass, Eric. Ian, turn your camera off. <laughs> I'm concerned for your safety. Yeah, you know what? Last time I turned my camera off, I do believe it was actually spent brass as my avatar. Let's see here. Oh, no. I uh, not anymore. Yeah, not okay. anymore. Yeah. But, but I just, uh, man, oh, man. What they consider that to be that is, is a little bit yeah. inflammatory at best. I think every yeah. prepper that, actual prepper that read that kind of cringed and kind of that awkward look. You know, that, that sock yeah. monkey awkward look on the meme. But, <clears throat> yeah. 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 But, but listen. The reality is that if they're paying attention to guys like that, they're not paying attention to guys like me. So it can't be that bad. Security by obscurity, right? How did well, this guy end up on someone's radar? Did he just piss off his neighbors? Maybe he was on a YouTube uh, podcast. I don't know. Like I would say, <laughs> I would say it's no, no secret that I reload at this point, having done an episode on reloading. But <laughs> have we done two? <laughs> I think we have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah. He probably he probably he he probably got caught up in facial recognition software and put the wrong thing on the wrong Facebook group and used the wrong password on his Bitcoin and uh, yep. Anyway, yep. And, uh, just, I see uh, Darius in the live chat here just popping in for a second and asked if we got his email and uh, yes we did. Your one second uh, after a podcast challenge and extras. So thank you. I received no email, but that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> we just cut you out of the inbox. That's all. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> So I threw a couple little political things in here just because that's what I like to do. Um, so for people who know in Ontario, Doug Ford's government has used the notwithstanding clause in the Constitution to go ahead and ban third-party political ads for 12 months prior to an election, even after a court judge said that was unconstitutional. Of course, the last thing Doug Ford wants is anybody putting negative attention to him. So that's just another example of where the government's going with our rights and our freedoms that they're just going to say out. Yeah, notwithstanding. As, as long as the notwithstanding clause exists, we have no true rights or freedoms. True. And, uh, I, and uh, I'll, 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 say, I'll say it publicly here, as conservative as I am, I will never, like, the, the, the provincial conservatives will never get my vote again. Not as long as, at no. least not as long as Ford's in charge. That's... If you're willing to do that for something this petty, then what are you going to do when something big comes along? Yep. Not happening. Nope. So, and other political parties, I'm available. 
<laughs> convince me. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm the same way. I actually uh, I actually went one step further and I sent a uh, I sent a nice uh, nicely worded but forthright email to my local conservative MP and basically said, "Don't come knocking on my door. If that's what you're going to do, don't come knocking on my door." So, um, so I'm sure I'm on somebody's radar now for sure. So I'm just oh, waiting for the knock on the door. You were on a radar ages ago, Jeff. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> and the other uh, political one I sort of popped up in there from the National Post, of course, this ongoing uh, controversy over Bill C-10. And that's the, they call it the broadcasting bill. It's the internet censorship bill. Uh, but basically, some of the other parties are accusing uh, the MPs, specifically the liberals who were on the committee, of um, secret lawmaking in a rush to pass the bill where basically um, they were voting on amendments. Any amendment that comes up is supposed to be read in. Um, there's people there to answer questions. And at the end of it, they just said, this is amendment number five. Do you vote yes or no? There was no questions. There was no, there was no reading of what the amendment said. We have no idea what they may or may not have added to or removed from the bill. And the government's response was, well, well, we'll get that out to you in a couple of weeks. Well, that'll be long after the bill's passed. I, I can see it passing very shortly. Um, so Doesn't that again, defeat the purpose of a reading in Parliament? Aren't there supposed to be three readings through both houses? Or are, is you that just, the, are you questioning authority, Alan? Yes, yeah, yes, I, I am. What the heck? <laughs> thoroughly. Like, thoroughly and Absolutely. Oh boy, tomorrow's going to be a fun Yeah, episode. I don't know. Our, our only hope, <laughs> and I don't think it's much of a hope, is once they pass the bill, it has to go to the Senate for their rubber stamp. Um, I don't know if anybody in the Senate's going to have the guts to uh, to start asking questions, but that that would be our only last hope. Well, I suggest this spills over to the OG CPP tomorrow night. I think they're on book club tomorrow, are they not? Oh, maybe. We'll just write in. Yeah. All right. Shall I move into what we've done lately for preps? Uh, well, I got around to ordering an ammo can to actually build the Faraday box that we've all been planning to build for ages and ages. <laughs> um, I think it was on sale at uh, one of our local vendors, so I was waiting for curbside pickup for that. Um, I fully admit, one second after really terrifies me and motivated me to, yeah, maybe I should defend some comms from some of these threats and stuff. Uh, so I watched a bunch of interesting videos on the subject, uh, learned some things from some people with various levels of smarts, <laughs> and uh, hopefully uh, we can get this built when curbside pickup is finally ready. <laughs> and I also ordered, thanks Eric, for uh, the same ammo cans to uh, start putting items away. Uh, I luckily also stumbled upon a large uh, metal ammo type box in the uh, shed at my mom's trailer buried under a bunch of stuff. And it is uh, also going to be put to good use. I just need to uh, figure out what I'm going to line them with and then decide exactly what I'm going to put in them. I'm thinking, you know, a handheld radio, maybe a small power inverter, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, I've also started looking into installing a manual water pump in my house. Uh, right now, um, I'm totally electric and I'm not on the municipal water supply. So should 
the STHF ever happen and there's no power, I don't have a way to get water outside of uh, this sort of a manual pump. So I'm looking into that. And I've also, and I'm also looking into building some sort of a Faraday box to put around my power generator. Nice. So I, I'm going to be completely original with what I did. Uh, yeah. I ordered a couple of ammo cans and I'm looking to build a Faraday box. I'm really glad nobody else is doing that because it's really original. Uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, one second after, yeah, same thing. After our, our show on Sunday, I uh, I hopped on Princess Auto and, and put a nice order in and playing the hurry up and wait game. But uh, once it shows up, then it's time to start building and putting some play well, toys in the... Well, the good news is once we've built a couple of these, we can sort of test and do a little competition to figure out, you know, <laughs> Who, whose is working well. This uh, is true. And we'll have actual useful information to pass on to people. And I think we'll get really good at making tinfoil hats. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those side projects that's kind of a, a, well, a, you know, you a know. fringe benefit of making those. Uh, what are we all going to put in our boxes, by the way? We were talking radios, generator parts, uh, automotive. None of your like damn business. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry I asked. But my plan was to start with a small ammo can box, figure out what I'm doing, and then do a, a bigger metal toolbox for a lot of radio equipment and that sort of thing. One of the uh, the interesting videos I watched, um, I think we're going to talk about him a little later, um, he had this little laptop, and apparently he managed to download all of Wikipedia onto it to put in his Faraday box. I'm like, that is absolutely brilliant, because if you That's, have yeah. that knowledge available... Like, you know, I don't think anyone has the Encyclopedia Britannica sitting on bookshelves anymore. I actually do. And the entire set and several and several yearbooks, several books of the year. Hmm. Yeah, we we had one up for the longest time. And I think my parents on their last move were like, you want it? I was like, nope. So I think it went to the Goodwill or whatever. But you can also buy them at Goodwill as a complete set for about four bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right, as for myself, uh, once again, I had some dead stock versus livestock, so uh, I had to put one of my alpacas down, finally. He was uh, palliative for about three years. He actually held on a lot longer than we thought. So, uh, yeah, unfor yeah, unfortunately, we had to put him down. It was a sad day. But anyway, so I uh, took care of that. That took up a good part of a day because by the time you run it down to the landfill animal section and everything else, and it was put down with uh, chemicals. So, obviously, it's a separate section. It's a big mess, but $8 versus a, a $900 incineration. What can you do? Um, let's see here. The baby chicks that we hatched out last week, we ended up selling off to listener cam. So he, uh, he got a dozen off of us, which was great. And so that's good for offsetting the feed costs. Uh, let's see here. I finally got the ham radio installed into the truck with, uh, some help from the Island prepper or the Island mentor there. Um, he, uh, he helped me string the antenna line and also made sure that the power line doesn't create any background interference noise. And he had a couple tricks of the trade he used to use on his sailboat. So that was awesome. And, nice. uh, yeah, so it, it's working great, uh, getting good range, no whine whatsoever, no static. Except so I, from the operator, right? Well, except for when I talk funny, but that's normal. And, uh, yeah, to see, actually, I picked up a new chop saw because I managed to destroy my chop saw there last week. So I picked up that and uh, did some more wood chopping, did a range trip with listener Cam and his son, and then uh, started a uh, renovation for the spare room. So the wife will get her office, I'll get her old office, and then I'll have an inside office. I won't have to have this glorious background anymore. I'll be podcasting from inside the house. It'll be glorious when it happens are you just moving so. everything from behind you into the office though oh yeah the, the sterilites are coming with me like that okay. that's not going to change but. 
Okay, good. I just assumed that was all green screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, actually, yeah. There's many green screens too, yeah. Yeah, Eric, uh, the Lord Humongous uh, down in Las Vegas, I think he is. He has the same thing. He has a bunch of storage cans behind him, but his are, his are real as well. So anyway, uh, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, finally tore down the garage. This project's been a year in the making. Um, it was glorious to, to, to just watch it just like quite literally be pushed over with the uh, the shovel of a, an excavator. Um, it was so much fun to see. Uh, have the new uh, the new foundations poured. I think I showed you guys in the in the pre-show yep. or in the in the, the group chat. And um, so we're backfilling next week, and then framing starts first week of July. And all things being equal. Uh, I'll be in my new office, uh, which is there, which is in the in the garage by the uh, last week of September at the absolute latest. So it's uh, it's it's crazy exciting. In the next uh, the next few months are going to be really busy. Um, lots of training, lots of working. Um, not a lot I can do to improve my my situation right now. I have quite literally no backyard. Um, until it's backfilled, and then I'll still have a nice small yard, which is great, but less mowing means more drinking time and that's about it for me I've, uh, I've i've had my had my weight vest and my hypoxia mask on for all of the last four 12 weeks and it's uh it's all coming to a head tomorrow and we'll see what happens nice cool good yep. that's all right well with that shall we move into the main topic so this topic came out of a listener's request. Uh, I believe it was when we were all reading one second after. Uh, and we sort of figured it was an appropriate topic for the week after book club. Um, I really enjoy reading books, uh, <laughs> the, the doom porn uh, genre, because uh, they make me think and play with ideas that I might not have considered. Um, you know, in the emergency services, we frequently run tabletop exercises you know, that sort of thought experiment where you run through an incident, play it out, see where the problems are. Um, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to just sort of think it through. You know, you plan to call this person. Well, okay, do we have that phone number? Are the phones working? That kind of thing. And it's obviously way cheaper to just do it as a thought exercise on a tabletop rather than, to, you know, staff people and bring in mm-hmm. high school student, you know, the drama classes actors <laughs> and that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, you know, to, to that end, the book that I'm presently reading, a suggestion for me in, uh, in combination with this exercise, got me thinking about the, oh, yeah, there's an electronic lock on my safe. Is that going to be a problem if there's an EMP or a solar flare? You know, these are things that it's much better to think about ahead of time. It's only a theoretical problem. It's a theoretical problem. Yeah. Um, anyway, so for this exercise, we'd sort of said we're going to create an emergency. It doesn't really matter what it is, um, one of the things uh, that's kind of happened with preppers is instead of planning for a very specific emergency like nuclear fallout, we think a lot more in terms of time, right? I want to be prepared for X amount of time, you know, three weeks, three months, three years, whatever it is. Um, So we sort of said, hey, based on one second after, what would our preps look like in the event that we had uh, a disaster of some kind. Again, we're not even specifying what, but we're going to assume that we've lost power, we've lost internet, there's no sort of help coming, it's such a wide-scale disaster. Um, and as a result, we're, we sort of 
We're going to be on our own for the next year. Uh, so the, the idea was to present that to everyone, uh, the panelists and listeners, and sort of think through an exercise. What are we going to do? You know, the first moments, the first day, the first week, the first month, the first season, and kind of run through, uh, run through there. So that, that was kind of the idea to set up the parameters for this tabletop thought experiment um, to kind of see what priorities people have and what, um, you know, what weaknesses we can identify in our own preps um, based on the ideas of others. So, uh, gentlemen, I'm afraid there has been a terrible disaster of some kind. It's just happened. Uh, it's in the first moments. Alan, what are you going to do? Uh, I think step one in my mind, the first thing that we need to do is get a better view of the situation. So I would call it a like a fifty thousand foot view, get it as high up above it as we can, whether that's metaphorically or physically. Um, gather as much information as possible because you can't make smart decisions until you have an accurate size up. So for those of us in emergency services, we know that the size up is the most important. Um, that initial three sixty of a building or um, your initial scene scene report of what's going on because it's one thing to say I need beans, bullets, and band-aids. It's quite another thing to say um, I need, uh, you know, I, I, I need to focus on whatever it may be for whatever the, the particular disaster is. So I, I think getting the, getting the big, the big picture of what's wrong and is something like, is this a temporary problem or a long-term problem? Because it, it, I mean, we know in our situation, right, in the in the scenario that's been set out, that this is, you know, this is a long-term problem. Help is not coming, but I wouldn't know that until I get my, until I get my big view, and I'll I'll defer to, I'll defer always to the radio to the radio net for that. Yeah. Um, if you don't have a good comms net, you won't be able to get that that big view of what's happening. Yeah, and I agree. Same uh, for the first moments. Intel gathering is key. So figuring out what's going on, figuring out what you think needs to happen and, and just gathering as much information as you possibly can is going to be what helps you down the road. Because just because you're hearing rumors of this major event happening, well, telephone tag happens, right? Maybe it's not as big as an event that you've, you've heard it is. So gaining more information and more knowledge about what is occurring and what steps you need to start taking, I think is but well, you should be looking at for the initial initial, or maybe it's significantly larger, or it could be yeah, it could be significantly larger as well. Yeah, right. it's, it's it's one thing to say oh there was a snowstorm and parts of southern Ontario are yeah. whited out. It's it's quite another thing to realize that we've now come into a nuclear winter and yep. all of North America is whited out and, and we're we're really in in deep. Yeah, exactly. That's not snow. That's the Yellowstone volcano ash. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> exactly. Uh -oh. Yeah. <clears throat> So I'm kind of along the same lines as uh, Eric and Alan is uh, an immediate assessment. Are there any immediate threats? That's that for me is the big thing. Is there any immediate threat to my, my life, my safety? Uh, again, Intel gathering, is it just as um, they just mentioned, is it just a power failure that, you know, maybe a few days or a week, or is it something much bigger like an EMP, a solar flare that could last months or years? And it would be, um, I think, a really good time. I mean, I, as preppers, I think we do it anyways, but just go over your stock. Have a look at what you've got. And is there anything suddenly just quickly glaring, jumping out at you that 
you're lacking and make note of it and try and get your hands on it. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't make a, an effective decision if it's time to bug in or bug out if you don't have that information. Um, I mean, I think amongst the panel and probably amongst most of the listenership, there's a good chance that there's a lot of first responders and will either be at work uh, or needed at work. Um, so I'm going to do the same thing, inventory what preps I have in place. Are there any weaknesses relevant to this particular threat, the Yellowstone volcano or whatever it is? Um, and if I'm at home or if I can get a message to home, is there anything I can do immediately to mitigate that threat? Uh, if we get word that there's a solar flare coming and turning off my household breaker is going to protect stuff from miles of electric line creating or generating energy? Uh, now, is there something I can do right now that's going to improve my life for the next 365 days? Fair enough. Uh, as for myself, kind of along the same lines, I think mine's a little more immediate than the other guys, uh, because after I finish running around saying we're all going to die for about 20 minutes, <laughs> once, once, I get, once I get tired, yes. I'll sit down. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, in reality, first aid. So uh, if there's any immediate threats to life or property, so like say if there's a tree through the house or if there's you know a tree on a person or whatever, you know earthquake, fire, whatever, just make sure you take care of immediate threats to life or property to either maintain what you have uh, family-wise or supplies-wise and uh, also just, uh, you know, that's the initial assessment part is, you know, what's the cause? Because obviously, if you know, there's a tree through your house, it's not hard to figure out what the cause of your emergency is, but... Uh, yeah, basically, if there's a longer-term thing, like like we're talking about a, a year-long emergency, just just take care of the immediate threats to at least maintain what you have. All right. So we've all kind of run around on our assessment. It's now the first day. We're all um, silently gloating that we are in fact that we were in fact right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that, National Geographic. Well, I mean, one of the things is, yeah, you know, is this disaster something that preppers are going to recognize before the general public does? Are we going to have a, a head start? Or is everyone going to realize that, uh, you know, things are hitting fans? You're, you're only paranoid until you're right. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, that first day, I'm going to ask, are there any supplies I absolutely need? Uh, I'm assuming that based on the toilet paper stampedes of... Uh, last March and COVID grocery stores are going to be a whole separate disaster, probably worse than whatever the other disaster actually is. Um, but are there hardware items I need? Uh, you know, should I go and stock up on bags and bags of dog food, of vegetable seeds, of medications? Um, the, the answer right there is yes. We, we can well, end the episode right now. The answer right. to all of those questions is yes. And when you, the next question is how much? More. More. All yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, just back my truck up to the dog food store. And you know what? If we're having you know, duck kibble cereal for the next year, hey, at least we got calories. Um, but that recognizing there's going to be a scramble by everyone uh, as prepared as we'd love to be, there's still something you're going to need. Um, so I'm going to try and avoid the sort of main stores that everyone's going to. And if I can hit the mom and pop dog food, uh, you know, pet store, I think that's, that's a much more efficient use of my time than fighting my way into the local grocery store or Walmart. And my dog eats better than I do. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what are you, you going to do, Jeff? 
So basically for mine, like I, I had said earlier, you know, I'm, I'm on a well with an electric pump. So if it's the first day, I'm just going to fill as many containers as I can find with water. Um, now, of course, that is seasonally dependent. I mean, if it's, if it's winter and there's two feet of snow on the ground, that I can just simply melt the snow on my, my stove. Um, it's not such a huge priority, but um, like they say, you know, you can go three days without water or you or sorry, you can only go three days without water, but you can go three weeks without food. So, um, you know, again, you know, things are, like I say, seasonally dependent if it's winter and I'm fine. I have a wood stove. I'm good. There may be other people on the panel that, you know, you're in your house, you have no, no hydro, no gas, no if it's winter, you need to start thinking quickly about finding a place of warmth. Yep. So then the issue becomes, do you bug in or do you bug out? Uh, big questions, depending on what the emergency is, do your vehicles even operate? Um, do you have enough fuel to get to your bug out location? Because if there's no power, gas stations aren't pumping gas. Um, kind of like, like Scott said, do you try to venture out and get supplies? If you can, food, fuel, whatever. Uh, my position would be don't hesitate because if you do, you're going to be out of luck. Uh, try to link up with your contacts. I'm thinking um, your ham people and, you know, local neighbors that you've got a, a good relationship with and whatever. And try to establish a plan. And um, something else that I didn't add in there, but I'll throw it in there is uh, I'll be going to raid Eric's house and stealing all of his uh, freeze dried food. So much for being part of my mag, I guess. I'm going to Eric's house for his beer. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll add to going out and getting supplies is part of getting your 50,000 foot view. You can get a, a good pulse on what's going on around you by how people are behaving in public. Um, so I would, I would definitely suggest that. I would, I think it's a really good idea. Um, day one, again, depending on what uh, you know, what I actually have available, uh, print maps. If I don't actually get out the map books, make sure that I have that I have maps handy. Um, just because, just because, um, plan the escape routes and the destinations in at least two directions. So for where I live, I have really big water about 15 minutes to the south of me. And I can get about an hour north before I hit big water again. So I have to plan uh, the, the directions I'm going and I have to plan, you know, kind of a, a short, medium and long distance um, plan. And uh, if the rest of COVID has taught me anything is to invest heavily in board games and hand tools. Um, somebody mentioned uh, in, the, in the live chat, somebody mentioned go to the auto parts store. You can buy just about everything that you would need for maintenance at the auto parts store. Um, and just on a totally separate note, because I see Brad in the live chat, um, Brad, I sent you an email. If you can just get back to me, I can uh, follow up with our email conversation. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, board games. Boredom is the number one killer of, or the number one cause of, of conflict in a, in a long-term, long-term problem. All right, so I've got a, a common theme. I'm going to continue gathering intel because it's only day one. So I still want to hear other perspectives of what's going on. Uh, I'm going to flip the uh, the news on if uh, if uh, 
radio is still going, then I'll throw AM on and see if I can get some news somewhere. Um, I'll start scanning the, the ham radio as well. And this is, again, assuming uh, I've got ham radio equipment available to me and the systems I have with batteries are, are operating uh, and just still cool. gathering info. I, I hope yeah. you built a good Faraday box. Uh, well, you know, we're going to find out. Uh, as well, I'm going to start making contact with family members, if at all possible, and uh, get the ball rolling as to are we staying or are we going? Because that's, that's going to be a discussion for any kind of emergency situation that you're, you're going to find yourself in. Uh, so that's the question. That's the million-dollar question, right? Are we staying here or are we taking off? And day one's the day to decide that. See well, if you stay, it will be trouble. But if you go, it'll be double. Uh, so. Oh, you beat me to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Clash will be your theme song for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, has to be. All right. Uh, as for myself, obviously, the situation changed now with my little one across the street. So I had for the first uh, first day is, uh, if possible or required or whatever, uh, gather the family and the mutual assistance group. Uh, well, you still have access to the cell towers, which should be powered for, what, anywhere from 24 to 72 hours after power going out. So if you have the ability to do some last minute comms via texts or whatever, um, and or repeaters, I mean, repeaters have backup generators, some of them. So use, use the ability of those things while they're still operating to coordinate with your mags, coordinate with your family uh, to make sure that either they're coming over here, you're going over there to get them or whatever. Um, last minute messages to family and, and friends far flung away in Ontario. Like, uh, you know, the internet may not work, but I mean, HF still does for now. Um, try and figure out what's going on and see if they, they're they going through the same thing, like out of the intel gathering thing, like you have alternate means of communication, so let's uh, might as well use them. Yeah. Uh, same thing for myself, obviously with my work being the way it is, so yeah, get home if away, if it's going to be a long-term and you know it's going to be long-term, well, then you got to figure out a way to get home. So while you have the most services available, the first day is usually the best time to do it, so that's it. And then the other thing, if you are home and the big emergency comes up, you have to kind of play that risk management game where you basically say, well, I could go out and because there's a meteorite 12 hours out and we're all going to die, then is it really worth going to Costco at this point? Now nah, I'll just stay home and drink what I have versus going out and get an extra case of beer or whatever. Um, so there's a lot to be said about maybe staying home depending on the emergency versus going out and dealing with some mob mentality or people losing their mind or zombies or whatever. I mean, you never know what's, what's out there, right? So I think there'd be a serious case for just laying low and staying home in certain scenarios. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to jump in. Eric in the comments was talking about solar flares that have affected things. I think we talked about that a little last week, uh, both the, uh, the Carrington event that Brad mentions and uh, 1989 when Quebec, the power grid, got walloped by a great big solar flare. Uh, I put a link in the chat there about that one. Ah, perfect. Thank you, sir. So... All right, so our uh, our disasters sure. progressed. We're right. we're in the first uh, we're we're going into the first week here. Uh, things are are looking kind of serious. Um, again, some of us are probably still trying to go to work. Um, so I'm looking at my priorities, and the uh, one of the the things that has scared me through all sorts of different uh, sort of disaster fiction is food security. Uh, so I'm going to look at planting gardens and getting stuff growing ASAP. Uh, if my living room becomes a, a greenhouse, so be it. Um, I mean, a, uh, one of my favorite books, and it's probably not the disaster we're describing, The Martian. Um, oh, it could be. 
<laughs> exactly. We, we could be stuck on Mars. Our crew has left. <laughs> you know, Matt, Matt Damon is, uh, is here. <laughs> um, but as much as I would love to, you know, have 30 million calories worth of food stored, it's just not practical. Uh, so, you know, if, if I don't have the ability to grow food and get that started as soon as possible, I know we're going to run into trouble at some point down the line. So I'm going to make that a priority. So getting gardens planted, uh, you know, being able to water them, being able to protect them from wildlife, having seeds to, uh, to plant, uh, all of that stuff is going to be a very early uh, priority for, for me and my plans if I'm going to have to be self-reliant for the next year. Or if you, I guess if you know that uh, it's going to be a year-plus emergency, you know, starting on wild ed- whatever wild edibles are, are in bloom or in season or growing or whatever at the time, just start trying to supplement your food stores with that, like, immediately that's already growing in the wild, right? Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I have a lovely book on, you know, Canadian edible plants for that exact reason. I haven't experimented with it yet. But, Experimenting but, with edibles is a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for that. Oh, yeah, I was uh, that. And, and ultimately, having 30 million calories in reserve doesn't help you if you if you have 100 million calories worth of need, right? Yeah. If you've got a five if you've got a five year problem, if you've got a one year problem, and you have 30 million calories, but you've got I mean, you've got two young kids, they're going to need to eat, and I mean. My oh. kids are my kids are at the age where they literally can't get full. It's it's disturbing how quickly they'll empty they'll empty a fridge of three hundred dollars worth of groceries. So, the volume of calories you have is really actually irrelevant uh, when it's when you have a constant need. You need a constant supply. Yeah. So I'm kind of following up a bit on what Scott said there. Uh, I put down attempt to get as much food or find as much food in your area as possible. Do you know, you know, is there a farm down the road from you that has fruit trees, apples, whatever, whether they're in season or not, you know, they're there. You could start uh, getting them. If it's, if they're in season, get them into some kind of cold storage that that's going to try and preserve them as long as possible. Uh, Dig a hole in the ground. If, if that's what it comes to Uh, again, uh, start start growing things if you can. Of course, that's all weather and location dependent. But again, like Scott says, if my house ends up becoming a grow up, well, then so be it. I'll worry about the uh, door knock later. Um, in the first week, I'm still going to maintain that information is your best friend. Um, you, you were, it, a week is still a developing problem. I mean, we were, how long were we into this? so-called pandemic before we had any concept of what was actually going on. Um, the information was changing hour by hour. And so um, assuming that we have no power, no internet, um, I'm going to go back to ham radio, taking the um, taking the absolute best um, or giving you the absolute best option or opportunity to know what's going on around you. Um, and back to, back to the first moments, if you don't have, if you don't have that plan, then it doesn't, knowing what to do next doesn't matter if you don't know where you're, where you're going, what you're doing. That's a good point. Um, so you're obviously sticking around for a while. At this point, you're a week in. Um, I'm the same. Uh, Intel gathering priority is going to remain high for that. So I'm still trying to gather not only what's going on with the emergency situation, but what's going on in the community. What are people, how are people reacting? What are they doing? How are they 
acting and uh, is is looting happening or houses getting broken into or are people kind of banding together and working together or certain neighborhoods doing certain things and other neighborhoods doing others so I'm trying to learn learn that information um, security of where I'm located so whether I've chosen to bug in bug out uh, is going to start to step up now as well so I'm going to start putting some plans in place to make sure that my uh, my home location is is secure uh, and that's all dependent as well on the information that I've gathered as to what's going on in my local area at the time. Uh, I'm also going to start putting together alternate food and water source plan in place for when the stockpile that I do have starts to dwindle. And that's going to be a little bit down the road, but now is the time to start looking at options to restock that and continue to be able to to eat because that's important. Like a little bit down the road when Jeff comes knocking. That's right. After he's taken oh. all your first round of supplies, you got to get more. And he he, he thinks he's going to take the supplies. <laughs> Jeff becomes dinner. Let's be real about those. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's only a week in. Mister Virtually the star of the cannibalism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, as for myself, kind of the same idea. As far as I'm concerned, after the first week, you know, things have gone sideways. You're, I'd say this is definitely your last chance to go out of the house, period, before the nine meals from anarchy kind of kicks in and, and people start acting really silly. So I would be very hesitant to leave the house after this point. So in the in the last week, I would say, or the first week, it's your last chance for commercial food ops. So if Costco hasn't run out of toilet paper or if, you know, maybe the gas station still has one jerry can worth of gas left. Okay, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and gather that. At the same time, you're like, hey, gas station owner, have you heard anything? You know, do you know what's going on? And yeah, just kind of make a twofer, like with info gathering and maybe a supply gathering. But that's it. Like after after the first week, I don't think you should be going out for uh, for public supply runs at that point because you're more interested in protecting what you have. Just to be clear about the Costco toilet paper, I'm supposed to walk by all the food and only buy the toilet paper, right? Correct. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I got that straight from the yeah. pandemic. It's very yeah. filling. Yeah. <laughs> mm, cellulose. Oh, boy. <laughs> so it looks like this problem is uh, sticking around. We're, we're a month in. Um, obviously, we're, uh, things aren't going well. I, I think whatever vestiges of disaster are happening and there's probably some chaos and pandemonium. Uh, so at the month point, I'm going to be expecting guests. Um, you know, as much as I'd, I'd love my little doomstead to only have a few mouths to feed, the reality is that we got a lot of uh, friends and family in the area and or friends and family that'll probably try and come from a little further. Um, and I mean, that I'll be welcome guests. Uh, it'll mean more mouths to feed, but I'll also put them to work and you know, hopefully I'll have stuff for them to plant and cultivate and to have security. Um, because I think in addition to my, you know, welcome guests, there'll be some uninvited guests. Um, cause Jeff, <laughs> You know, a, a month in, I think the the majority of the general public uh, will be out of whatever food stocks they had, and whenever that clock starts on the the nine meals to chaos, I think by the one the one month point, we're going to be seeing a lot of that. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot of hunker down and start. Uh, preparing to defend and 
you know, like I said, I'm going to have to welcome some guests in. And if they're sleeping on cut up pieces of, you know, under carpet, uh, uh, you know, floor layman, so be it. That, that's fine. At least they're, you know, in a warm, safe place and, you know, putting them to work. So. Why wouldn't you just leave it under the carpet and make it a double layer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, meant the don't. extra stuff in the closet, but okay. See, this is why we tabletop. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't think of just leaving it under the carpet. Thank you. By that, by that point, he's declared himself Lord of Scotland, like two T's, not one T. You oh, know, and exactly. It's, it's going to be the new uh, Scotland, okay. and, and he's going to be the king. So don't question the king, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. So for me, it's uh, at that point, I mean, I've already upgraded my security or, you know, looked at that, but it's time to take it to the next level. As Scott said, supplies are running out. Uh, there's hungry people who either know or assume that you may have food and uh, they're going to want to take it. Uh, the other thing that uh, we sort of haven't touched on a bit, but in uh, a month may even be a bit too long into it, but... It is uh, finding a way to charge items that use power. So how are you going to charge that handheld ham radio or the AM radio or anything like that? The, your batteries are going to run out. Uh, that was why my that was my thought process under putting a small uh, power inverter in my Faraday box was just being able to use the two alligator clips, put it on a battery and charge up... Uh, charge up whatever items I need. Makes sense. Yep. Um, I tend to agree. Um, after the first couple of weeks, um, understanding that it's a long-term a long-term problem. Um, where I live in Southern Ontario, it's kind of crowded, a lot of people around. I don't really want to be here uh, for an emergency for this long. Knowing that Jeff is at Eric's house, I'm going to Jeff's house. That's my, <laughs> that's my new plan. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like but it. no, finding, finding somewhere, finding somewhere with some breathing room is my is my next priority. Um, you know, pack up, pack up all the things that need to, that need to go. And uh, you know, I, I'm fortunate that where I live, I've probably got three or four three or four weeks without um, without the roving uh, the roving hordes, but probably not much more than that. I'm not that far from a fairly major urban center, so um, we'll uh, you know got to keep an eye on it and and make a plan for where to go where I'm where I'm even further from any large groups of people because you never underestimate the stupidity of a large group. It's a good plan. Uh, for, uh, for myself, I'm, I'm also assuming that the people are starting to move now. So in the more denser city kind of areas, they're starting to realize that this isn't a good place to, to remain and it's time to start kind of moving out of those areas. Uh, but on top of that as well, the locals are also going to be getting antsy now as well. Right. So they're starting to kind of scrounge around and look for things that they're lacking. Um, so again, yeah. your beer. well, that, that darn local Jeff guy. Yeah. He just, well, he does that even now and there's no, there's no emergency. That's just standard ops. So, you know, I keep that going cause it looks normal. So that's, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, but you can't steal anything else, Jeff. Uh, oh man. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, but again, people are going to be starting to scrounge. They're going to start to get itchy. Um, Intel gathering is still continuing. I think that's still a high priority thing. You want to know what's going on around you. You want to want to know when Jeff has left his house. Uh, 
and that way you can have some throwaway preps ready. So I can leave a can of beer at the end of the driveway and that'll distract them for a while. Um, but have some stuff ready to hand out because people are going to be coming to the door. The people are going to be looking for things. So I think we talked about throwaway preps a couple episodes ago. Have some stuff ready to just make people go away. Um, some will go, some won't. Some that could actually draw attention. But if you think it'll make them go away, have some stuff and be prepared to lose a few things. The faster you throw a can at somebody's head, the more likely, the less likely they're to come back for a second one. Yeah, that's true. Hey, everybody! This guy's got toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, his name's Jeff. He's down the road. <laughs> hey, you could just you know, you know bribe people with toilet paper for information to kind of do a little, a little trade seat. Well, I pro- hey. probably trade them for ammo. Yeah. yeah. Hey, shit tickets can be currency. Roll. That's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you guys pretty much beat me to, to all of it here. So just, uh, I guess, number one priority: maintain security during the upheaval stage. Because between that, you know, first week and the end of that first month, you're going to have people that transition from panic to hungry to starving to lethargic because they're out of food. So um, I think if you can make through that first month, the immediate irrational threats are gone, and then after that, you're going to be de- dealing with organized threats. So it'd be a whole new mm. bucket of worms. But I'd say just, I, I call that first month the upheaval stage and, and the number one priority for everybody should be security um, and or relocation, like Alan said. I think bugging out in a fire truck would be epic, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have no idea. I, yeah. I did see one for sale on Kijiji. I'll send they, you they come, actually, they come up fairly regularly. So fire trucks have an incredibly long lifespan, but a very short use usage span right they can only be in service for for so many years but a well-maintained fire truck and they're all really well maintained uh will last for a lot of years after there's actually a concrete company near near me here and they buy old fire trucks out of the u.s and use them as service vehicles i wonder if you could change the water tank into a fuel tank absolutely you hmm. could it's just it's just a big it's just a big metal tank so <laughs> throw a liner do they come do they come pre-waxed wax on wax off for you it will and, and a calendar, free calendar with everything. Oh purchase. yes, I'll be I'll be everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the trick. <laughs> this emergency tabletop's just getting better and better. All right, well I I'm gonna bring it around. We, we've <laughs> managed to survive that that first month. Um, I think we all recognize that that you know at that two week point, two weeks to a month is just gonna be absolute chaos. If you can hunker down and you know, lock and bolt your door and not have to leave for for two weeks uh, to a month, you're probably in much better shape than the vast majority of the population. So we've survived this long. We're getting into uh, the different seasons. So what are some of our priorities going to be? You know, let's say it's the spring. Um, I worry about water. Uh, you know, if I'm trying to grow crops, if I'm trying to keep... Uh, you know, however many mouths uh, <laughs> less thirsty and or hygiene and or uh, sort of all the various water needs, uh, my water system is, is an issue. Um, I have, you know, a lovely well, but I need power to run it. So if I need to be finding an alternate source uh, of water, be it rainwater collection, be it walk to the lake and using camping filters, um, you know, that's something that's going to be a, a fairly high priority for me because, you know, as Jeff was saying, if we, uh, you know, <laughs> three days without water and you're in a whole lot of trouble, mm-hmm. and especially if I have to be self-reliant and grow a whole lot of food and keep calories coming uh, coming from sunshine, that, uh, that to me is a, a big, big issue. Not just water, but hot water. Mm. 
That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as much as I'd love to do a cold weather sponge bath and everything else, like having hot water for everything from, you know, dishes, hygiene, whatever reasons, even sterilizing, uh, you know, reusable medical uh, cloths or whatever. There's tons of uses for hot water. So, you know, reliable means to heat hot water that's kind of either renewable and or you have lots of fuel for it. That's that's a big thing, too. And it's funny you, you mentioned the hot water because after uh, the book last week, I was kind of walking around uh, my house and looking at. And, and one of the things I was looking at was water and all of a sudden it hit me and, and I'm, I'm looking around thinking, okay, I got, you know, some portable water jugs and whatever. And all of a sudden I'm looking, I'm going, I'm staring at a 120 liter hot water tank. If I desperately need water, I got 120 liters of water sitting there in that tank. So yeah, just make sure you bleed it off you know, every once in a while because it builds up calcium in the bottom and that's pretty nasty to the first few liters you can lose out of it. Yeah. Um, so, oh, sorry, go Jeff. No, I was going to say, so, so the spring thing for me, obviously is starting to prep for next winter. As I say, I've got the wood stove, so it's time to start getting the wood in, uh, make sure that it's going to be seasoned well enough that I'm not going to have issues next uh, winter or if the winter never stops, possibly, who knows? Um, I'm going to get, uh, started on, uh, if I haven't already, uh, getting some outdoor gardens going somewhere that they're protected or I can protect them. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that's about it. Uh, spring, before all the snow melts, I want to get it all into containers um, for that for that exact same reason. Um, there are, there's actually a place not far from me, and I was driving by it the other day, and they've got a whole whack of those containers. Uh, cubic yard um, ton containers that are they've got them for sale pretty cheap so um, I did the measuring and I've got just about enough space behind the shop to uh, um, to land a few of those so that might become part of my my next project as a water collection system and sorry um, sorry on the like thousand liter tote is that what you're yeah. describing Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, cubic yard of or a cubic meter of water is a thousand liters, and they that's a pretty it's a pretty common uh, um, unit of measurement for general liquids. So that's a yeah, it's a thousand liter tote, and they've got that wire, that metal cage around it, and keeps it all together. But it's a it's a nice food grade uh, food grade plastic tote. So I'm thinking that it wouldn't store drinking water necessarily, but it would store water that could convert to drinking water. Um, so just start piling all the, as much snow as I can into there, and getting the uh, getting my gardens. If I'm, you know, assuming I'm still where I am now, getting the gardens uh, ready to go and clearing out fire breaks, um, just because I know the fire department's not going to be able to come help me. So um, you don't want to add a natural disaster on top of whatever other problem we're already experiencing. So for myself, kind of similar thing. I'm looking at uh, water collection, most likely rainwater collection of some sort. Uh, getting the garden started from stored seeds. So get those planted and ready to go. I'm also going to start collecting firewood, most likely from Jeff's house. Now that I've learned the reality of what he's thinking. Um, and uh, I'm starting starting to prep for the, uh, the winter that is inevitably coming. Cool. Um, kind of along the same lines, except for like, I do have next year's firewood already cut and stored and everything else. Uh, but last chance for firewood cutting for barter purposes, if you need to sell some pre-cut and seasoned ah, firewood, you might want to cut and season some firewood so that's had six months to dry out. So you can actually sell it next winter as maybe a potential barter item and, or, uh, I guess way of sourcing other supplies. Um, 
yeah, also you want to stay a year ahead of the game because basically by next spring, you're probably going to be too tired and not have the energy or the calories to burn to cut next year's firewood. So it's best to stay ahead of the game. So trying to stay at least a year in advance. That, that's two incredibly good points. Uh, yeah. Both, you know, bartering what are going to actually be useful supplies at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and let's face it, a, a year into this this crisis, we're all going to be hungry and tired. Well, yeah, that's where I mentioned, I think, uh, just a few, uh, it must have been, what, 30 or 40 episodes ago, uh, the skirting the trees, where basically you just cut the, the top inch out of the around the tree and leave it up. Um, it'll, that'll actually dry out the tree because that's the, the live part of the wood is just underneath the bark and that's what transports the water up. So if you cut that little, you know, well, one to two inch around the tree, depending on the size of the tree, and it can be standing deadfall at that point. And then so basically by next spring, if you have to knock it down, it's already pre-seasoned and you didn't have to store it anywhere. Um, that's something else to think yeah. about as well. Cool. I, I, two, two notes from the live chat. Um, Jason Cahoon on the Facebook chat. Um, I think I know where you are. Uh, I know. I think if it's the spring, I'm thinking of. Um, that's pretty cool. So if you want to drop us a message or drop me an email, um, I'm going to be up. If it's again, if it's where I think you are, I'm going to be up that way uh, in the summer, and we can uh, link up and have a brew. Uh, and for VT, no, I don't currently have snow, but I'm talking about as spring, as winter turns into spring. I want to get that in. I want to get that done before the uh, before the snow melts. That's it. Also. I don't live on Vancouver Island and snow isn't an anomaly here. So (laughs) (laughs) snow, what is this snow you guys talking about? (laughs) So the good and the bad is it's now summer. Uh, We don't have a whole lot of power. So whether we're using air conditioning or not, you know, what are the priorities as we move into the, the summer season? I'm figuring in the event that I need to do any traveling, uh, either for supplies or, uh, hook up with sort of you know steal stuff from Jeff's house. Um, <laughs> this might be my. There'll be nothing job. left by now. <laughs> I've, I've got it all already. Okay, you got to come through me at, at that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, if this is my best opportunity to travel with the least difficult weather. I don't know if I'm going to be traveling by car, by boat, by canoe, by bike, by foot. Um, but if for some reason I need to venture somewhere for something, I mean, you know, I'll have one second after if I'm searching for insulin, this is probably the, the best travel time to, uh, to do that. So well, the most that natu- yeah, the most natural light right off the back. So you have the longest days of the year, um, yeah. less, least likely to be affected by exposure. Um, by the same token though, the, the bad guys will have the same advantages as well. Right. Yeah, true. I'm going to go in the opposite direction here. During the summer, I want to maintain and do nothing, do as little as possible. Um, summer is hot; takes a lot of effort to get anything done. So, walking is great. I'd much rather walk in the spring or fall than uh, than do it in the summer. Lazy, hazy days. I want to get get the the do the least amount I can in the summer. Work really hard in spring and fall. Because I've I've had heat stroke and I've had hypothermia and I'll take hypothermia every day of the week over that. And I heard beer expires after a while, so you got to finish that off in summer. Well, exactly, it's right, so. true. Yeah, yeah, very important. Um, yeah, for myself, I'm the same kind of idea. It's going to be maintain, maintain, maintain. Uh, going to try and work on my tan a little bit. 
<laughs> just because the apocalypse doesn't just mean you can't be stylish, right? You know, you still you still got to take some time to relax, right? It's important. Sometime the world's going to go back to normal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I've got the same view as Alan does. It's it's going to be hot. It's going to be sticky. It's it's not the best weather to be working in. But you can take time to maintain things, uh, continue getting things ready for the winter that's coming up. But uh, I'm not doing overly exertive type of things in this kind of weather because unless you get a, a cool day here or there, they take full advantage of it. But beyond that, it's just going to be maintain, 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 and and wait till the fall, and maybe steal a few things from Jeff's house. Yeah, whatever works, eh? Um, for me, it's actually, you never know it right now. We just had like a freaking torrential downpour last night, but this is actually our dry season. So during the summer, uh, water supplies becomes a critical issue around here. So the, you know, the rivers pretty much dry up and stop. They actually have stopped here. Uh, we've had like rivers like completely dry. Uh, all the swamps dry out, everything dries out. So water supplies for the animals, for myself, everything else kind of becomes key. So if you don't have either a storage or the access to the well, you got to kind of prioritize that maybe a shallow well of some sort or find a spring. Luckily, I know next door they have a spring as artesian well, so that that's handy. Um, and then other than that, just maintaining stuff you're going to have to need in the fall. So there's rust proofing, extra coat of paint protective on stuff on your windows, anything that uh, might lead to either an energy or heat loss. Maybe now's the time to worry about that while the summer's uh, weather's decent. That's pretty much it. All right, so as we move into the fall, what uh, what are the priorities going to be? Um, not sure. Oh, that was me, actually. I forgot to move mine to the bottom. So for me, uh, it's food prep. So this is when all the berries come into season, you know, your apples that are falling from the trees and everything else. It's your last chance to harvest excess food uh, and hopefully can and preserve it. If you did our canning preserving episode, you definitely have like a all-American pressure canner and a water bath <laughs> method all set up. So this should be a no-brainer for you. You just... You know, we'll go ahead and make your applesauce. Applesauce keeps it a very long time. It's good for everybody from babies to old people and everywhere in between. And it's a good sweetener. So make a crap ton of applesauce. It's probably the easiest thing to preserve. And uh, it's high calorie. So there's a lot, lot of chances to do that in the fall. Um, you know, everything dehydrating berries, uh, hunting season. You know, that's when everything, you know, basically hunting season traditionally that way because that's the best time to harvest animals if you want to have more animals next year. And if they haven't been hunted out by now, I guess hopefully you snag something. Um, but yeah, like this is the big food harvest time. So even if you have your own garden and your seeds have come in, now is the time to preserve it. So figure out a way to store carrots like we did in sawdust there last winter. Uh, do the eggs in the brine. Um, anything to try and stretch out your food supplies over the uh, shitty winter that's about to come. Were you suggesting people aren't going to be following hunting regulations? No, I would never suggest that. No, because <laughs> regulations be- don't apply. So where are the conservation Yeah, I would say yeah. That's uh, if you're, you'd be lucky to get big game. I'm, I'm going to say that right off the bat. Like you'd be lucky to get yeah. rabbits at this point. If it's been going for six months and you got a rabbit, you'd consider yourself lucky. So yeah, so true. Um, looking at at my place. I got a wood stove in the garage. So I'm going to probably try and move into the house in the fall. Um, you know, sort of looking ahead to that ugly winter, wood stove is going to be way more efficient than the open fireplace. So, you know, if the fall is the time to move it, be able to repair the roof, do any of that house maintenance, draft proofing, anything I can, recognizing that we're going to have a, a cold, unpleasant winter uh, coming. And if I can button up the place both... Uh, from the environment and the ne'er-do-wells, 
that's probably um, one of my priorities come uh, come fall. I would actually give some serious thought, like I don't want to give away your position or anything else, but I would give some serious thought based on your climate that you'd want to almost block off certain parts of the house that, you know, you wouldn't want to keep warm during the winter just to kind of maintain if that wood stove can't reach to certain areas. Blocking off a couple of rooms might not be a bad idea just to maintain heat or something. Oh, it's a, very true. I mean, I've got sort of, you know, a long ranch style house and, you know, if the bedrooms at one end are, uh, you know, we use them for cold storage and, uh, you know, move, move the people closer to the wood stove. And yeah. think, thinking about that exact topic, I'm like, yeah, you know, if my front entrance isn't going to be hosting guests, if it's much better as uh, the site for the wood stove and the front closet is a giant uh, wood bin for <laughs> for this event, and, you know, that gives me good airflow of hot air, you know, uh, up around the house. You know, these these are difficult times, and if that's the, the best route to go, maybe now buying some extra chimney sections so that I can install that later if I need to. You know, is, is that <laughs> is that something that's coming out of this tabletop exercise? Yeah, it might very well be, right? I see Ian's reading ahead in the show notes. For what? That, that's part of my winter stuff. You took it away. Oh, Thanks. did I? Yep. My, my priority <laughs> for fall is uh, getting everything in close. Right? Um, you know, it's like it's like having the fridge door open. You don't want to. You want to keep it. You want to keep the the the, do the doors closed as much as you can. So I'm going to bring everything as close as possible. I want to spend the least amount of time outside. Um, again, I'd rather I'd rather have to add layers to stay warm uh, and do the work that I need to in the fall. But I'm going to prepare for a nasty winter. Harvest everything. Bring everything inside. Do all the canning, preserving. Um, I, again, I you know. Assuming that I assuming that I stay here where I am, I'm lucky that I live in some of the most productive farmland in in the world, and I have access to within a couple of miles as much as I could like more than more than any 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 person could actually gather and, and keep efficiently. So um, that would be the that would be the next priority. And, um, and so yeah, so are the other thousands of people that are gonna drove down to where you are that they're going to clean it out too you got to well this is this is the thing right like it, it it really depends on really depends on where people are going and what they're doing cuz um, if people go in my direction i'm screwed really quickly if people go in another direction then um, we'd be completely untouched because the next nearest major urban center is you know 200 kilometers away well, I'm so, assuming assuming they didn't use terminator seeds and assuming they already seeded the crop for you and assuming like, yeah exactly yeah. yeah so um so yeah those are the those are the, the next things and so collecting what I already have I mean this is why we, this is why I have a garden this is why you plant a garden every year um I'm gonna have by the time you know by the time fall comes around I'm gonna have 100 pounds of potatoes on the ground that uh, that I need to collect and do do something with so um that's the uh um that's that's the goal for fall. Get everything as close as I can, so I have to do the least amount of outside things, and realize that it's going to be it's going to be a bad time, but survivable. Yeah, and I'm in kind of the same boat. It's it's harvest time, so it's time to collect everything from the garden, collect everything from any kind of resource that you do have for food, and uh, time to start getting ready for that nasty winter because it uh, it's coming and it's coming quick. Typically, I mean, if you look at your canning supplies, would you guys have enough to can sort of everything coming out of your garden? Or would that be one of those things that you're scrambling trying to find at this point? I think lids right now have been short for over a year. So I think probably everybody, myself included, is probably a little shy on lids. But 
Uh, that's something we're working on right now, even uh, just because that's the kind of the, the consumable of the, the of the jamming and preserving kind of component. Because uh, most of them are single use, uh, unless you get the old style rubber ring and glass versions, but those are pretty rare now. Um, so yeah, there is some some aspect of that. Do I have enough? Do I have enough to preserve what's in my garden? Yes. Is my garden big enough for what I want? Absolutely not. But we're going in, going in baby steps. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, unfortunately, winter has come. Uh, the disaster has been carrying on. Uh, you know, the zomb zombie biker gangs have come through. We've dealt uh, dealt with that. Um, so, in terms of the winter, in looking at fiction as you know, sort of other people's thoughts on these tabletop problems. I think they're always underwritten. I think they're, they should be some of the scariest parts of the, uh, the, the doom porn genre that, uh, you know, the, these disasters to be stuck at home with whatever food is in the, the house is what we got. There's, there's nothing else out there to, to find. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, just some easy going Netflix and chills, probably a, a good, oh, wait, we don't have the internet crap. <laughs> um, but I think building a routine, uh, trying to be very low calorie and trying to keep everyone sane. Uh, you know, if there's enough power to, to run a, an old DVD player and a TV, if, if those have survived whatever calamity it is, just to, to keep people insane I, I look at how nuts we all went stuck at home at the start of covid and the reality is we're not gonna have season two of tiger king to entertain us so we're we're in trouble we're gonna have to figure something else out if, if we're not gonna have season two of tiger king is life really worth living well that that's a whole separate <laughs> question i didn't want to give away next week's topic yeah. um but no i i think going back to some of the things we've talked about in terms of uh, your comment earlier, Alan, about investing in board games and, and jigsaw puzzles, um, looking at some of the uh, mental aspects of survival, at this point, it's going to be really rough. Uh, the reality is whatever disaster caused the power to be out for a year and we're getting into winter, um, you know, lots of our friends and neighbors will have died. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter what the causative event is. If our infrastructure takes that big a hit, it's not going to be able to feed and house and uh, look after the existing population. And it's going to be a, a very different, very bad world. Um, so I think trying to keep some routine insanity is going to be incredibly important to, uh, to try and sort of maintain some quality of life when it's, very much a survival situation. Well, Sorry. after that uh, uplifting winter. <laughs> I, I'm always the ray of sunshine, I know. <laughs> um, for something to do, get some exercise, use, uh, use the snow that has fallen and gathered to make berms, um, pour a little bit of water on them, they become ice berms, and now they're very difficult to cross. Uh, which makes security better. Um, snow can also reduce visibility, but it tells us um, wh wh if there's been somebody around. So you can tell whether or not there are people coming around. Um, without 
you know, security is, security becomes kind of a, a more important function. As Scott alluded to, people get more desperate. Uh, the colder they get, the hungrier they get, the longer it's been. And so need a better need a better fire watch, a better security plan, a more active security plan, uh, especially because it's going to be darker longer. Sure. Yeah, good point. Well, if anybody has candles left by that point, that's when they'll be using them. So, or yeah. or open fires, like the old style fireplace, uh, you know, with the old open hearth and stuff. That's that's yep. a big problem. So, to Eric's point, I have uh, I have a number of guitars on the wall, and uh, sorry, Eric, in the live chat, um, I have a number of guitars on the wall, and a good prep is to have lots of guitar strings handy. Not only does that give you something to do, but it is. Uh, that material that's left over after you change them is completely invaluable in all kinds of things. I've made lots of tools and gadgets out of old guitar strings. All right. And um, for myself, just see what Ian said earlier. Oh, I didn't honestly didn't read ahead. I swear <laughs> to God, that was totally other thing. <laughs> no, no, uh, yeah. So shrinking down the footprint in the house is, is going to be a priority because it's way easier to heat a small area versus the entire uh, the entire house um, as well. I think I'm going to be creating season two of Tiger King, but sock puppet edition. <laughs> I, I would subscribe. Entertainment. Entertainment is key. And by this point, probably going to look crazy. So <laughs> be like, yeah, see the episode, see the shining for, uh, you know, how uh, long winter turns out usually. And but don't worry. Uh, one of the sock puppets will have a tinfoil hat. So we're fine. Yeah, as long as you don't call him Tony or something like that. No, no, no. Hey, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, same idea for me. Energy conservation. So that also means when you're doing your Netflix and chill, Scott, you can't get pregnant because uh, yeah, unplanned pregnancies in the middle of winter uh, during starvation season is never a good idea. And pregnancies create energy needs. So that's something to worry about if you're sitting there bored in the middle of winter. That is actually a concern, right? Um, good for point. certain people. Um, no, it's not. Well, luckily, I found out what caused it and took care of it, so it doesn't matter. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> so anyways. Uh, I, I believe cause Ryan analysis. Reynolds. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think Ryan Reynolds did a, a Father's Day gin at, for his aviation gin. Uh, they made a new drink called the vasectomy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Little, little, little snippy, was it? Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what's, what do you say, Jeb? I mean, you got to maintain your, your wood stockpile. Maintain your wood. Oh. Come on, Eric. Joke time. Awesome. We're an uh, hour and 17 minutes in, and it's just going downhill. Okay. So anyways, you got to maintain your wood supplies, and uh, you got to watch your output, because if you're burning, like, say, a quarter, a, yeah, a quarter of a quart per day just to keep the house warm and, and boil water, you got to figure out how much wood you've got left as far as, like, supplies for this year and next year. Uh, you're going to be using it for drying your clothes after hopefully you've washed them after six months without any sort of washing facilities. Uh, you got to worry about, you know, have you bartered too much away and everything else. So I guess uh, maintaining your, your energy supplies is, is kind of key. And I guess that's the last uh, probably of your stored food for most people. I mean, some people have 20 years supplies in their, their you know, aviation bunker or whatever that's uh, tucked away and, you know, rolled well, up at it or something. Jeff showed up. Well, it did, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the, then you got to worry about your maintaining your food stocks until spring when the, the new food supply will either hopefully be brought in as either aid uh, new growing season, whatever, and see if you've got enough left and what your plans are at that point, because that's kind of like, I guess, time to reconcile your needs versus supplies. So that's, I guess, how you're going to pass your winter time is doing inventories constantly or something. 
Yeah. So it sounds like your big your big overall theme there is how much wood would a woody and chuck up a woody and could chuck wood? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> just make just sure you handle, handle handle your wood a lot. Make sure you have a good good handle on it, so to speak, you know. <laughs> know, know how to use your wood. That's right. Got make it. sure it's hard wood, not soft wood. Don't yes. use it too much, as a matter of fact. You, use no, your wood. You would, you would not want it to go blue. <laughs> That's right. Oh God! Okay, we're good now. The last thing I had, just on top of everything everybody else has said, is uh, replenish your water with the snow. Obviously, smelt the snow, replenish your water stocks, um, so that come the spring or whatever, you're you've got uh, you've got a good stock. This is why we usually keep the episodes to an hour. Well, the good news is hopefully after that year that I guess the, the health has arrived or at least there's been a, a sea change in uh, society that, you know, you can kind of come out of this funk. But, uh, yeah, if, if you're going on past a year, after all that hilarity, I think things just get worse. So, yep. Well, we, we've survived the year so we can get into a podcast challenge then. Ooh. Podcast challenge. War game a scenario. Pick a best case, medium case, worst case scenario of something that may or may not actually happen to you. Take a look at what is going to happen, how you're going to react to it, and use that to identify gaps in your preps, play catch up, create a plan to overcome those gaps. I like it. That, that's it. And let, and let us know in very broad terms. We don't want specific details necessarily, but in very broad terms, let us know what you did, how you did, and uh, what you identified as something you need to work on. Well, I mean, that's the whole point of these tabletop exercises yeah. is to figure your weaknesses and sort of amongst our community, if we can sort of recognize things that we should be thinking about. It hadn't occurred to me that firewood is going to be really useful for bartering. Yeah. So, absolutely. According to Ian, everything is useful for bartering. Have I been proven wrong yet? Well, no. No, you, you, you certainly haven't, so it's true. Well, that's assuming that we all believe what you say. It, uh, exactly. We we also haven't you, we also haven't verified that what you said is correct. In, in reality, I live in a in a one bedroom bachelor suite or a like a, a studio concept bachelor suite in the middle of downtown Vancouver. I actually don't have any preps. That is in fact a green screen behind you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Could be. Um, <laughs> despite the, uh, the 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 most glorious furor of Ontario opening some things up, there are no necessarily events happening yet. We've now we're now allowed to we're now permitted graciously to have ten people outside instead of five. Um, so the the conferences and uh, trade shows will be up and going any minute now. Until then, Maple Seed are still Maple Seed events are still happening. Check them out, MapleSeedRifleman.com/events, and uh, go sign up for one of those. It'll teach you to be a better marksman or just refresh you if you haven't been out for a while. I mean, nice. We got a deal. All right, deal of the week. Uh, Ruger American Predator. Uh, it's a two-two-three bolt action, and it is the AR mag version. So <gasps> it, it takes those <laughs> those evil AR mags. Um, so those of you that have been affected by the OIC uh, and firearms bans in general can put those magazines to use. And uh, it is a very fun family favorite. Uh, I have used one for a couple of years now, and it's less likely to be banned, shall we say that way, um, and uses a nice cheap ground to shoot, and it's incredibly cheap right now. It is $150 off regular price, and uh, check out tenda.com with the link there for the uh, the sale. It's lower oh, on the list of things to be banned. Less likely to be banned. I won't yeah. say it never get banned, but 
I mean, they, they banned uh, bolt actions down in Australia in certain cases, and we've already banned some bolt actions up here, so never say never. No, this is true, but we will see. Yeah. All right, let's move into some shout-outs. Uh, I have a shout-out for PepsiCo. They finally resupplied Diet Dr. Pepper. It's been a long few months without it. It's about the only soft drink that, I'm, that I, I like, so it's been pleasant to be able to find it again. Nice. Cool. That's all. If you want to have something fun, Alan, Google Dr. Pepper K or uh, Jamaican Jerk Spice Dr. Pepper Ham Recipe, mm-hmm. and you will have the world's best ham glazed recipe. It uh, uses Dr. Pepper and and like basically uh, Jamaican Jerk Spice. Awesome. I'll give so that a look. If you have your nice. canned ham or your spam, that's something to make it taste a little better. Dr. Pepper Great. Yes. Dr. Pepper glazed spam. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so for myself, and it looks like I stole everybody else's shout out. Sorry. Uh, just a quick shout out to uh, ham radio crash course on YouTube. Uh, appreciate the shout out on uh, your ham radio EMP kit episode. So that episode went out a couple months ago. I think it was six or seven months ago now, but um, well, we all just noticed yeah, it. Of course, just notice so it now. And we're happy because uh, I mean, like I've watched Josh for quite a while, and yep. he's the one that taught me how to use chirp. So uh, basically, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have had my Balfangs programmed. Yeah. So I really need to get yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't seen uh, Josh on uh, on the YouTube, there, check it out. Uh, search for a Ham Radio Crash Course. He's got all kinds of uh, good stuff on there. Yeah, he's, got, he's got like one hundred and fifty thousand list or uh, viewers yeah. or something. Phenomenal. And just and, and incredibly approachable too. Like I I, I find that um, it's it's easy to listen to and it, I find it it's it's informative and I don't find myself going back and trying to figure out what he just said. Yeah. Yeah, very detailed and very very well put out videos. So easy yep. to follow, easy to understand. So check it out. Huh? Yeah, so. a couple short uh, emails. We'll, we'll skip the long one till next week. But uh, I want to do yeah, that works. Okay, I got uh, email re- re- uh, email response from J A. It says hello, Ian, and everybody else. Uh, I am ready to tell you how much I enjoyed your podcast. I find it entertaining, informative, and humorous. I think he's got the wrong one. Um, I enjoyed your recent <laughs> book review of One Second After. I pray we never know anything like it first had. If you haven't already read them, I think you may enjoy Matt Bracken's trilogy, which is Enemies, Foreign, and Domestic. I would enjoy hearing your review of them and assessment of Bracken's foretelling of America's future. Uh, coffee and solar panels, absolute gold. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, somewhere in Iowa from JA. Cool. Something to, uh, something to look into. Yeah. And then we got an email from John, uh, possibly the shortest email we've ever gotten, which I appreciate. John says, love you guys, but just remember, everything before the buzz bullshit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the author of Lights Out is Ted Koppel, not Tom Brokaw, reading it right now after your podcast. So always uh, up for correction. Now we yep. know more. Uh, I, I will own that one. That was my mistake. Sorry. Well, well, we the, can't know line? everything. Now you know the rest of the story. Yeah, there it is. Yep. <laughs> and Darius, we, we apologize. Your email is just a little too long for our hour and a half episode. So we will uh, we'll get to it next episode. But we did receive it. So. With that, I will bring episode 120 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, most likely tour next week when we're off of YouTube, uh, or of course your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out, submit a review. It helps other people find us. We do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. 
if you want an early peek at the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Pepper Podcast. Click that notification tab. That is until we get kicked off. It will tell you when we are coming, when we're going live. You can send me an email. It's Alan with one L at prepperpodcast.ca. And if you want to reach me, you can just send a generic message to feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Yeah, not anymore. You're kicked off, Jeff. Now to know your true intentions. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, my name is not Scott. I was never here. And if I had a t- contact information, <laughs> it would be feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. That's right. All right. You can reach Ian directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com and on Gab and Odyssey at the Island Retreat. Uh, you can also find uh, me on Canadian Patriot Podcast, although it seems to be I've been missing a lot lately. Um, but that's on iTunes and YouTube and on the Discord group, which is called Canadian Patriot Podcast. Email if you want to invite into the Discord group. Uh, there you can find us discussing why government waste and society has been wargaming the collapse. Awesome. Uh, so please check out Rapid Survival, rapidsurvival.com. You can get me there on the live chat. And, uh, and thanks Jeff for joining too, us. No, not Jeff. No. <laughs> no. 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 Here on out, there's no, there's no more Jeff. There's no Jeff. No. There's no more Jeff. Yeah. Only Zool. Yep. Vanished to the back of the bus again. Well, that's, what, that's what happens when you talk about stealing all my stuff. <laughs> Learned your true intentions. <laughs> so thanks for joining us this evening. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe. And keep learning. <laughs>